Welcome to Scanner School. This is session number 85. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. I'm going to try to call sign is W2LIE, and this podcast is here to teach you everything you need to know about this scanner radio hobby. Now, this session of Scanner School is sponsored by East Coast Pagers. Now, East Coast Pagers is one of my online companies, and we are a Unication, Apollo, and Swiss phone dealer. So from 711 to 930, 2019, there are a couple of promos running on Unication products. I want to tell you about one of them right now. You can save $40 instantly on a Unication G1 pager. That's a $40 discount off the price of a Unication G1 pager. That takes your price from $375.25 down to $335.25. And all you got to do to take advantage of this promotion is place an order. So contact us right now at eastcoastpagers.com or email me directly, phil at eastcoastpagers.com so I can get you or your department a custom quote on a new G1 pager. Again, that's eastcoastpagers.com. Welcome to The Scanner School, a podcast dedicated to the scanner radio hobby. Class is about to begin. Here is your host, Phil Lichtenberger. So again, welcome back to Scanner School. If this is your first time here, do me a favor. Why don't you take your phone out of your pocket, whatever it is the device you're using, and hit the subscribe button. This way you keep getting Scanner School delivered to your device. Now, if you're listening online using your desktop computer or a mobile uh, or, or a laptop, you can go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter, and we'll let you know each week when a new podcast episode comes available. So this is a Ask Scanner School session where I answer your questions. You can either email me, leave me a phone voicemail, or use our SpeakPipe to leave me a recorded message as well. Now, if you do leave a voicemail or use our SpeakPipe, you can be in the running to win a free consulting call, which is up to an hour in length. And the typical value on this is $47 for the hour time frame. Now, if you want to just book a consulting call, you can do so on going to scannerschool.com slash consulting. But you can win one for free, which is what somebody is going to do by the end of this podcast this week. To ask me a question, it's very simple. Just go to scannerschool.com slash ask. On that page, you will see one of three options. You can either email me your question. You can leave us a voicemail on our telephone line at 516-308-2885. Now, again, this number is on the website as well. Or if you go to scannerschool.com slash ask, you just press the speak pipe button and you can leave me a message using any device with a microphone. So an iPod, iPad, your cell phone, your desktop or your tablet or, you know, your mobile computer. As long as it's got a microphone, you can leave me a message. Now, if you leave me a voicemail using the phone or speak pipe, you're in a running for a free consulting call. And again, we have uh, one person will win that by the end of this podcast session. So with that, let's go right into the questions for the week. We'll start off with two questions that came in via email, and then we'll wrap it up with the three questions that came in via our speak pipe and our telephone voicemail number. So our first question comes in from Dylan. Dylan asks, what is a good antenna for a base antenna where the antenna needs to stay inside? So we need to look at a couple of things we got to fill in the blanks here to try and give you the best answer here. So one of the things that I would need to know is how much room do you have to hide this antenna or to keep it indoors? Whether you want to keep it out in the open or you want to hide it away or you want something that's got a very small footprint. And also, what bands are you looking to monitor? Are you looking to just monitor 800, maybe just VHF or UHF? So depending on those types of 
uh, answers to those questions, it would dictate what cup of antenna that we would recommend to you. But let's look at this as a general topic because this really is the kind of topic that deserves its own podcast, to be honest with you. And this is definitely a topic I have on my list of things that I would like to talk about in future podcast episodes. So it is going to be a really short answer and we'll build on this type of question uh, when we look at more antenna restrictions on an upcoming podcast. So let's just talk about antennas in general really quick. Now, the typical antenna uh, that we use for scanning is normally a disc cone antenna. Now, a disc cone antenna works equally poor over a wide area of frequencies. And we use disc cone antennas just for that reason. It works well on low band, VHF, aviation, UHF public safety, 7,800 megahertz up to a gig. And for those of us who are amateur operators, we can even use those to transmit on 6 meters, 2 meters, you know, 440, even up to a gig. So the thing with a disc cone antenna, though, is it is wide and it is a little bit tall. What I have in my house is the very first antenna that I set up for my scanner is a disc cone antenna, and I mounted it in my attic. Basically, what I did was I just assembled it in the attic, and I just stood it up, and it stands on its radials. I tucked it over to a corner of the attic where it just fit in there, and um, you know it needs probably about four and a half feet, maybe maybe five feet to be fully deployed up there. And I ran the coax line down the chase where the uh, the vent pipe is for the plumbing, because typically you have a little bit of, of a gap between where the uh, you know the sills and all that stuff kind of meet. I'm probably using the wrong terms here, but um, you know there's there is a space around the framing basically is what I'm trying to say, where the vent pipe is, and it could be enough room just to snake some coax down. So anyway, a disc cone antenna is a good solution because it covers a wide range of frequencies. There's really no gain in it, but it's a good scanner antenna. Now, the antenna that I use for disc cones are the uh, one I recommend is a Diamond D130NJ. Now, you can find a short link to this, and it's our affiliate link by going to scannerschool.com slash D130NJ. We'll also put a link to this in the session notes at scannerschool.com slash session85. The other question really is, you know, how much room do you have? Because if a disc cone is going to be too big and bulky to, and you don't have an attic space, you don't want to tie up an entire closet for this, you don't want to hang out in the middle of the room, well, the other options are to put a mag mount antenna on something that's metallic. So if you want to get, like, basically the Spectrum Force mobile antenna, which is one that I recommend, again, Scanner Master sells it. You can buy it online. Go to scannerschool.com slash scannermaster. Uh, we'll also put a link to it in the session notes, and we'll probably make a link for scannerschool.com slash spectrum force but anyway it's a mag mount antenna and if you mount it to like a cookie sheet or the top of your refrigerator an air conditioner as long as it's got a magnetic area that it can stick to because it needs to see itself as a mirror through a metal object so that would be another great way of putting an antenna inside uh, where it can almost become hidden because if you have it on, a, uh, on an area that's, that's metallic or you go like I said, you can kind of like put it off to a corner on top of a bookcase or something like that. So it may just disappear on you. So those are two options. Again, really short and brief answer to this question because there are a couple of unknowns here. But those would be the very first two things I would look at. Now, again, where things are a little bit different. I mean, when I was growing up at my parents' house, we had a sailboat antenna in the attic. We used that for, again, for VHF. Um, you know, that that's an option as well. You can even hide Yagi antennas up in attic spaces, and those are directional. So there's a couple different ways you can go with it. But, you know, long and short of it, if you're trying to hide an antenna in plain sight, you know, a mag, mag mount antenna on a cookie sheet, on top of your refrigerator, you know, on top of the air conditioner, it's a really good way of keeping an antenna inside. Put it near a window if you can, or in the highest point of your house. 
So again, best of luck with this solution. And again, look forward to having this as a full podcast in an upcoming episode. All right, so our next question comes in from Greg. Greg says, I live in Chowan County, North Carolina. I'm interested in purchasing a scanner for listening to emergency services. I wouldn't mind a handheld, but I live in a ways from town. Would a vehicle-mounted scanner have better reception? I wouldn't mind used. What about the small rubber antennas or car-mounted? So a lot of questions here. We'll go through each one side by side. So first of all, you live in Chowan County, North Carolina. Now, I looked up Chowan County, North Carolina. You have very, very few things there that are in analog. Uh, there's a local PD that has P25, but a majority of the information, a majority of the traffic would be on the Viper system. Now, the Viper system is a P25 phase one system, and it's the statewide North Carolina system. Now, not only will you have your local county inf- operations on there, such as fire, police, EMS, but you're also going to have your statewide systems, like the state police will be on there as well. So you're definitely going to want to look at something that's phase one P25 capable. Now, whether or not you're going to find any difference in a base mobile or a handheld uh, you know, I don't think you're going to find anything really too easy to compare one to the other. All right. I, I don't I don't think it's going to make that much of a difference to you. Really, where the, where the differences lie are what type of antenna you're using, how tall you can get your antenna, or how high you can get your antenna. Uh, if you're using a base station, what kind of coax you got on there as well, because basically you want an antenna that's got as most gain as it can get with as much coax that says least amount of gain, uh, least amount of loss. Sorry. Coax with the least amount of loss that you can find. So that being said, if you are in the heart of town or you're ways out of town, as long as you can pick up the Viper system, you're good. So all you might need is just a handheld radio with a stock antenna. Now, again, I always try and swap out the stock antennas as soon as I get a radio. My favorites of choice are diamond antennas. Now, again, diamond is not a sponsor. This is just my own personal recommendation to you. Now, on my scanners, the first thing I try and do is swap out to the diamond SRH519. Now, again, I will put a link to these antennas in the session notes, scannerschool.com slash session 58. I also recommend the SR77CA. That's a 15-inch antenna, but it can bring in traffic like gangbusters. It's a 15-inch antenna. It will poke you in the ribs if you decide to wear this antenna on your scanner and put your scanner on your belt, but it's a great antenna. So if you don't mind a larger antenna for the back of your desktop receiver or on your portable, the SR77CA is a great antenna. So again, your question also kind of pigtails into Dylan's previous question about antennas and hiding them. If you're looking for something for the mobile, again, I recommend the Spectrum Force mobile antenna. It's sold by Scanner Master. Really great antenna. I highly recommend it, and I think that uh, that will work out well for you. So again, to summarize on this one, you got to have a P25 Phase 1, at least Phase 1 scanner. You could probably find something on used market that will work really well for you, so you don't have to buy something new. But again, if you're looking for something new, 325P2 for a handheld or the 996P2 will be a great uh, radio for you to get started with. And as far as an antenna goes, I recommend those diamond antennas or even the Spectrum Force for mobile antenna. And again, we'll put links to all this stuff in the session notes for you at scannerschool.com slash session 85. Okay, so the next question is one of three that came in from our voicemail type of questions. So the next three will either be a voicemail or speak pipe. And again, you can leave us your voice message at scannerschool.com slash ask. And if you do leave us a message, be a speak pipe or voicemail, you'll be in a running for a free consulting call. 
So one of these three winners will win a free consulting call for this month. Again, if you want to win a free consulting call, all you got to do is ask your question by going to scannerschool.com slash ask and using one of our voice mediums to leave a message. If you're a little bit shy and you want to email us your question, we'll read them just like we've read the first two today. So let's go on to the first voicemail message for the session. Good afternoon, Phil. My name is Tom Schill, and I'm a recent subscriber to your podcast, and I enjoy it very much. I have two questions. Number one, I currently have a BCD 436HP. I'm sorry, a BCD 536HP. I have both, actually. And are there any advantages to upgrading to the SDS 100 and SDS 200, respectively? My second question, I am totally blind and use text-to-speech screen readers. Do you know of any program that would work with text-to-speech screen readers, such as FreeScan, or do you know of any tips or tricks with regard to using text-to-speech screen readers with Sentinel? Thank you. Hey, Tom, great question. Now, it's, it's actually pretty interesting that you asked this question at this time because I was actually talking to Pete DeVasto. Now, Pete has been blind since birth, and he's a big scanner fan, as the rest of us are. And uh, we were kind of going back and forth because I was asking him a bunch of questions about uh, you know being totally blind and how he you know gets into the radio hobby and how he sets his radios up and how he knows what's going on. And again, I'm asking a lot of what probably are dumb questions being from somebody who is uh, outside of uh, the situation, right? And uh, one of the things that Pete and I talked about and, and one of his concerns was basically he wasn't really sure if this would be uh, of interest to anybody in uh, any, any of you who listen to the podcast. And then, Tom, you asked this question. So I said to Pete, I'm like, look. This, this validates it right here. I mean, you know, Tom is asking the question. You and I are going back and forth talking about it. So it's really an interesting um, time that you've asked this. And um, so a lot of what we talk about next week, I'm going to save all that for next week, basically. I'm not going to kind of give you a full-on answer because we, we talked about FreeScan, uh, him and I. We talked about TTS software. We didn't talk about Sentinel because he doesn't use Sentinel. Uh, he has a problem with the 436 and the 536 because it is very menu-driven. So he stays away from that and uses more like the 325P2 because it's uh, it works well with FreeScan. Uh, in fact, the 436 and 536 won't work with FreeScan. And FreeScan seems to work very well with his text-to-speech software that he is using. So while it's not perfect it does work better than some of the other software that's out there. So, unfortunately, the the uh, free scan's not going to be of any service to you with the 436 or the 536. Now, we'll talk more about this next week, so if you don't mind waiting an extra week on, on a good answer for this one, I'd like to really have Pete's conversation. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to spill the beans, <laughs> so to say, but I do want to help you, uh, you know, Beyond that, so let's talk about the 436 and the 536, and if this and, and the SDS 100 and the 200, 
and see if there's any benefit. So the only time you're really going to see a benefit is if you have a P25 system that's simulcast. So, for example, here is I have my SDS100 and I have a brand new trunk system that's on the county next to us. And it's a phase 25, uh, it's, a, it's a P25 phase 2 system simulcast for the entire county. Now, my SDS100 and the SDS200, beautiful on the system. And I'm outside of the system. I'm home. I'm a county away. And the SDS100 and 200 are working great. Well, for a while, I thought I had my TRX-1 and TRX-2 programmed up incorrectly because it would not pick anything up on the system. It would look like it wanted to, but it would never sink in. Then I put it into my 436. My 436 has about a 50% hit rate on any transmission that the SDS-100 picks up. Well, I also dropped it in my BCD-325P2. Now, the BCD-P25, uh, BCD-325P2 it has about 25% success rate on anything that the SDS 100 and 200 come. And now, again, the TRX 1 and 2 are even less than that. So what I'm trying to say to you here is that unless you have a simulcast system and you know you're missing a lot on your 436, that's the only reason why I could see you upgrading into the SDS 100 at this time. Now, again, if you need the new shiny toys and everything else, then by all means, jump in the SDS 100 and 200. But... It really shines, and I'm sold on it because of how well I can actually physically see it working compared to other radios on a simulcast system. Now, for anybody who had to deal with a simulcast system before these radios came out, I feel your pain. Now, the other option here, too, is, and again, be you being blind, I don't know how well it will work with a SDR, but that's another option as well if you wanted to play around with simulcast. But now we're kind of getting outside of things here. But, um, but yeah, as far as text-to-speech and free scan, and, and I can't answer for Sentinel. Pete wasn't able to answer for Sentinel either because he doesn't use the software, but he is using it for uh, for free scan, and he's using his BCD-325 P2 and loves the radio. We'll talk about and listen to more about it next week on uh, on session 86. And as far as any reason to upgrade into the SDS-100, I'm going to say that uh, if, uh, if you need simulcast, that's definitely a win for you right then and there. All right, thanks again, Tom, for uh, asking your question, and good luck in a couple of minutes when I pick the winner for the uh, the consulting session. Hey, Phil, how's it going? Name's Lou. I live in uh, Fairfield County, Connecticut. Um, question I have for you, and I'm trying to figure it out. I've been scanning for a while. I have good experience with, um, with scanners. I'm mainly a uniting guy. And what I'm looking to do is start programming uh, amateur radio DMR. And I can't figure it out. I'm, I'm, I know it's, there's an easy way, and, but I want everything. I want to be able to travel and monitor. Um, I'm getting really into amateur radio. I'm kind of taking my test soon, and I just like listening to uh, get a feel for it because I'm on, on the air, and especially uh, I'm interested in DMR. So any help would be awesome because – there's not much information out there. I did find something on radio reference. Um, it's pretty, pretty crazy. I'm still trying to figure it out. And I know you're, uh, you're a pro at giving things uh, in layman's terms. And um, I really appreciate what you do there. Thanks. Hey, Lewis, this is a really, really great question. And something I never really thought about before in the past. And since you've asked this question, I immediately went and reached out to Kenneth Fowler. He's actually one of our... Uh, uh, Patreon supporters, and he is also friendly with Pete, who 
we're going to have on next week. Now, Ken is an amateur operator, and he actually runs a scanner radio net on uh, DMR. So I'm like, he's the perfect guy to ask this. So I actually hit him up with the question, look for an answer. I was hitting him with a couple of things, and we're actually going to have him on as a guest in an upcoming episode, probably sometime next month. I'm actually recording the episode with him next sat- uh, next Sunday if everything falls into place still. So DMR reception on your scanner for amateur radio is pretty straightforward because it is a Tier 2 network, I believe it's a Tier 2, and which means it's not trunking, it's conventional. Now, all you have to do is know the local DMR repeater that's in your area. You set up your scanner for a wild card for the time slot and a wild card for the talk group. This way, any talk group that comes out of the repeater, you can receive it on your scanner. Very easy, very straightforward. Now, you can go on to websites like dmr-marc.net, and you can find a list of repeaters and the talk groups. Now, if you want, you can also program those talk groups into your scanner and then set it up for an ID search mode. This way, at least when the talk groups light up, then you can at least know what talk groups are you're receiving. Uh, likewise, too, you can also ping online and look at the user database for the radio IDs versus the amateur radio call sign it belongs to, and you can start building that list as well into your radio, and you'll know who is transmitting. Now, it might be a whole lot easier to do so for those who you're listening to or the local hams in your area because a lot of these online websites only spit out about 100 uh, results. So you're never really going to be able to get everybody in your area when that happens. So anyway, it's very easy to do. Uh, again, you just got to find your local local DMR repeater, set it up as a wildcard time slot and a wildcard on the talk group. And it's just like receiving any other amateur radio repeater that's out there. Now, again, what you absolutely have to do, though, is have a scanner that handles DMR. So you're going to need to have either a Whistler TRX-1 or TRX-2, which will do DMR out of the box. And it's very easy to set that one up for DMR conventional. Or you can need a unit scanner with the paid DMR upgrade in order to monitor these DMR repeaters. So now, I also want to wish you best of luck on your upcoming amateur radio test. When you finally get licensed, let me know what your call sign is, and maybe we'll chat on a DMR repeater. That also has a little asterisk. I have to go out by myself a DMR radio before that. <laughs> so just one of those things I never got to. Anyway... Best of luck, and hopefully that answers your question. And again, look for our interview with Ken Fowler coming up uh, next month on Scanner School. Hello, Phil. My name is Joe Curtis. I live in Waukesha, Wisconsin, uh, 20 miles west of Milwaukee, uh, Wisconsin. And uh, I have a question. Um, I am a fellow ham. Uh, my, my call sign is Kilo Delta Niner. Charlie X-ray uniform, KD9CXU. Um, unfortunately, I don't have any gear to talk on. Um, I got rid of most of my gear uh, a couple years ago um, when I started my family, and I have kids now. So, fortunately, I um, don't have time really to talk on the handbands anymore. But, uh, anyways, I do have a question. Um, I own a Uniden BCD-325P2. Um, it's my only scanner. It's the handheld unit. Works fairly well. I have a external antenna, um, a mini mag. Uh, that works great um, on the top of my vehicle and then the uh, factory antenna that came with it.
But uh, my question is, uh, in close call mode, um, when I have it active, all I seem to get are FM radio stations and uh, some frequencies in the 180 band. Sounds like birdies or something like that. Uh, no audio. Um, at an airport, at the Milwaukee airport, in fact, uh, trying to find some uh, new frequencies. Um, and I was not getting any traffic. And then I was also down in the port of Milwaukee uh, monitoring some uh, marine traffic. Um, and when I went into close call mode, I was getting nothing. So I am just curious on what I may be doing wrong. Um, I am looking for some feedback. Thanks, and keep up the great work with the podcast. Hey, Joe. I am very confident I know exactly what to do to fix your close call issue on your scanner. So when you go into close call mode, you're going to see a couple of numbers, basically look like banks on your scanner. And what I think is what happened is I think you've disabled a couple of those banks. So when you go into close call mode, you're going to see one through seven on the front of your screen. If you don't see that and you see asterisks, that means that that bank range or that frequency range is actually locked out of close call. So if I go ahead and I push on one, that basically shuts down 25 to 54 megahertz. Number two is 54 to 108, which would basically wipe out your FM broadcast band. So bank three or number three would lock out 108 to 137, which is effectively your aviation band. Number four would lock out 137 to 225, which is your lower VHF, including public safety and even into the uh, 1.25 meter amateur radio band. Number five takes out 225 to 320, which is your federal. 320 to 512 is on button number six. So that takes out your, your, again, more federal and your public safety up through the T-band. And then number seven is 758 to 960, which is basically your 700, 800 public safety. So if any of those are starred out, that means you're not going to be receiving those. Now, the reason why you want to lock some out is, you know, maybe you're close to an airport and the tower keeps transmitting and you just don't want to listen to them anymore. Or you don't really care about aviation, so you can take that out. Or if you have an FM transmitter that's close by for uh, commercial radio, you can knock that out as well. So that's why things are broken down. And I'm very confident that that's what is wrong with your scanner is the fact that you've just got these banks turned on and turned off. And really, you should just have them turned off, right? and turn it back on. So that's how you would do it. Very simple fix. And uh, again, make sure too that your attenuator is not turned on on the scanner. Make sure that if you're using an external antenna, that uh, it's a decent antenna that's up high. It's not broken. It's not in a million pieces. didn't fall apart. Make sure that, that uh, your coax is uh, you know not kinked or is connected. And finally too, if you, if you have the antenna on the top of the receiver, make sure that that bayonet connection at BNC is completely down and twisted so that you have a good solid connection. You got to make sure you turn that bayonet mount so that things line up properly. I've actually seen people who complain that they don't have any reception and they didn't twist the BNC. So with that said, should be a very simple, very easy fix. Should take you just a couple minutes to go through it. And uh, let me know if that was the issue with your scanner. And if not, we will continue to go through it even further. So with that, that's all of the questions that we had for the week. So now let's go ahead and find out who's going to be the winner of the free consulting call. All right, so let's go ahead and pick a random winner here. Let me go ahead and let the uh, sound effects do the little magic as we uh, stress this out and 
make this just a little bit more dramatic than it really has to be. Alright, I think that's long enough. Alright, so the winner of this month's Ask Scanner School free consulting call is Mr. Lou. Lou, congratulations on winning this month's free consulting call. And we will be in contact, or you can contact me, phil at scannerschool.com, and we will arrange of your one hour or up to one hour consulting call. Now, if you'd like to win your own consulting call, you just go to scannerschool.com slash ask and submit a question via SpeakPipe or a voicemail number, and that will get you in the running for next month. So don't wait. Do it now before you forget because you don't want to go another month goes by and say, oh, I forgot to do it. So, again, it's a free consulting call, up to an hour. It's got a $47 value attached to it. My consulting fees aren't really that expensive, especially when you figure out that you're going to have me for about an hour. Now, if you want to just pay for the hour, that'd be great, too. Go to scannerschool.com consulting, and you can book your appointment right there on the website for a date and a time that works best for us. No emails back and forth. My calendar is right there. You just pick the day, the time. Boom, email is sent, and I approve it. And PayPal handles the, uh, the billing. So there's really a very easy and simple, pain-free way of booking a consulting call with me. So with that, I want to thank everybody who has asked their question this week. I want to remind you all that this session is sponsored by eastcoastpages.com and Scanner School is copyright 2019 by Monitor Long Island, Inc. Now, before we go, I also want to thank our continued Patreon supporters. And they are Stephen Sheffield, Scott Vorder, Signals Everywhere, Craig Harper, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, William Arcand, Dan, Glenn Bryden, Anthony Saggio, Raymond Hill, James Spelling, M.T. Bono, and Mark Beebe. I want to thank each and every single one of you for your continued monthly contribution to help keep Scanner School going. Now, there's other ways that you can help support Scanner School, and these are ways that don't even cost you anything. If you're a huge Amazon shopper like I am, and I buy everything off of Amazon, basically, including my groceries, go to scannerschool.com support and click on the Amazon link before you go ahead and start your shopping trip with Amazon. And we will earn a Amazon Associates fee for anything that it is that you buy, from your toilet paper to your travel mugs to anything else out there that it is that you might buy on Amazon. Now, if you're in the market for more hardware for your scanner, antenna, coax, we recommend Scanner Master, and you can use our affiliate links on our support page or by simply going to scannerschool.com slash scannermaster. Finally, we definitely love Butel software, and I recommend it to anybody who is looking for quality software to program your scanner. Go to scannerschool.com, again, slash support or scannerschool.com slash Butel. Again, if you use that link, we do earn a commission on the sales. And I want to thank everybody who has been purchasing using our affiliate links. It certainly helps keep us going. So I want to say thank you because it does cost us a little bit to keep monthly hosting and keep the, uh, the, the podcast stuff going and everything else. So thank you very much. Again, we're not getting rich off of this. Everything is being recycled into the podcast. So it just takes the expense out of it for me. So with that, I want to say thanks again. Make sure you listen next week because next week is a really, really interesting podcast. We have Pete on. Now, again, Pete is totally blind, and he is a big scanner nut like the rest of us. So we're going to learn how Pete, again, who's been blind since birth, understands how it is that he has his scanner set up, how he knows how he's programming his radio, because he programs everything himself. It's unbelievable listening to this story. So again, next Tuesday, that one drops. 
And until then, I want to say thank you so much for everybody who's listening. Again, subscribe to our podcast. Just click that subscribe button on your phone right now. Or if you listen to this on your computer desktop, I know a lot of you still do it that way. And there's no problem with that. Just sign up for our email newsletter, and we'll let you know next week when the next episode drops. Catch you all next Tuesday. My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. And this is Scanner School, where we are here to help you learn more about the scanner radio hobby. 73.